Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 332 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, we are coming to you on the eve before King's preseason basketball in Vancouver against the Raptors. Uh, we just wanted to kind of check in and just kind of just check in with some of the stuff that um, the Kings have been saying on Media Day, as well as some other news around the league. And of course, uh, Fastlane just ended. We'll give like our very brief thoughts on, honestly, what I thought was a bit of a nothing show. Um, so yeah, and with me today, of course, is Fong. Hello. Uh, we were originally going to do this after the uh, Kings uh, and the Vancouver Raptors game, but um, you know, Fong is busy tomorrow, so let's just do one. To, uh, let's just do one today, and then we'll come out with an episode hopefully on Monday. Uh, review of the game. So, um, all right, but before we actually get into it, do you have any thoughts you want to share? Do you want to throw some shade at somebody? Shade? <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? No, just, okay, no, I'm guessing no shade with that response. So, all right, let, let's get into it. Uh, so, uh, Media Day was interesting. Uh, you know, basically, James Ham describes it as kind of the first day back at school. Everyone like looks a little bit different. They got a new haircut. Malik has a has like a bit of a beard now, which is really weird to look at. Like first day of school vibes. Everyone's like optimistic, but they're talking about some of the vibes that are actually pretty different and in a good way. So like for example, like uh, De'Aaron apparently has taken more of a leadership role. Uh, JaVale McGee has been very like has has made his presence known like in the within like the within the Kings team and like with media as well so like there's just a different vibe now that you feel from uh trading camp yeah kind of liking how JaVale is taking kind of the veteran leadership even though you know we had Harrison for you know <laughs> for the most part but you know uh with JaVale I mean it's nice that he steps up. It's I, I feel like it's kind of too bad that Kada's not around when Javel's here because I feel like Javel could have gave him some uh, pointers if you know he were to be here still. Well, he, you know he could have, but at the same time, like he wasn't gonna get any time. And you, James Ham brought this up. It, like I, I keep bringing uh, bring up James. I've been listening to him a lot <laughs> lately on ESPN thirteen twenty. He has a show there now, but like. Some people were complaining, why don't we just re-sign Terrence Davis? You know, he was a good soldier, he's a good shooter, and he's a guy that, you know, just does shit when he's out there, for better or for worse. Well, if you're telling Terrence Davis to come back, like, you're basically telling him, hey, we actually got a guy that's probably going to play ahead of you and Chris Duarte, so... You know, you're gonna you're not gonna play a lot of games, and now you have a guy in front of you. So like, you basically went from say the tenth, eleventh, twelfth guy to the fifteenth guy on like off the bench. Like that's disrespectful to a guy to tell them to do that for your team after like the, after very much like Terrence Davis was a good soldier and sacrificed. Like he didn't cause any problems behind the scenes. Like it's not a good idea to bring a guy back if he's not gonna like be playing all that much. And he and he clearly sacrificed when he has when he, you know, when he had more to give given the tank. And you imagine Nemias Kada's in the same frame of mind. Like, yo, I've been improving every year. I've been doing everything that you've been saying, but I'm not getting an opportunity. And now you just signed another guy in front of me, and which is gonna cut into like my possible playing time. So 
you know, there just wasn't time for him. So like they decided to just kind of let him, you know, like release him before training camp and like not bring out the illusion like, hey, maybe if you just work hard, you might be able to make the roster. <laughs> Instead, they like, you know, they just kind of let him go, let him find an opportunity. Now he's with Boston. Like with them trading away um, Robert Williams, so like there could be there could be minutes for him. He, he's probably going to play after was it Luke Cornett? I think is his name. No, no, no. Is it Luke Cornett mm-hmm. the, the big the big dude, dude, dude who jumps up to contest three pointers? Yeah, uh, I forgot. It it's it sounds like it's a Luke, but I don't remember his last. The, the name. white guy, okay, one of the white guys on the team, basically. Um, but yeah, so like he probably has a better opportunity to be there to play uh, than he does at the Kings, which is weird to say mm, true enough and speak about terrence davis um yeah it's i'm surprised that he hasn't signed anywhere uh correct me if i'm wrong because i have not heard anything either so i'm slightly surprised uh that hasn't happened anywhere um i'm expecting somewhere in the east to be honest like the heat most likely if uh, they could get him at a you know i guess a bare minimum sadly enough but I mean- yeah, the Heat is probably where, where I would assume he would. I thought they were trying to, like, hold off everything until they got Dame, but, like, they struck out on Dame. So, sign somebody. Like, you got, you're got you going to need to replace, like, Max Strews and Gabe Vincent, even though you probably can find guys in the G League to do that. But, like, Terrence Davis is a bit more a proven commodity, I think. But, you know, it, it's we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, uh, mo- moving on. Um, so, JaVale is, is a big presence. Um, and... You know, he's going he's gonna to be fun this year. And it's good to see, like, him lead huddles, like him, you know, just being a presence, right? And also, like, you know, him, he, he used to work with Mike Brown, so he knows what Mike Brown is expecting. So, like, he's not just talking out of his ass, like, just, you know, just the guy that gives big speeches. He, he's a smart guy, apparently, from what I've heard. So, you know, it, it's that veteran type of leadership, that vocal uh, veteran type leadership that the Kings have, haven't had in a while. Like, you just mentioned Harrison. Harris is not a vocal guy. He's more of a guy that will like take you under his wing type and kind of work work with you one on one. He's a bit more quiet. Javale is a bit more of like you know commanding the room type personality. Oh yeah, Javale is definitely a smart guy. Like not to shade him from you know the years of Shaq and the full years on back, but I mean he's a. I, I remember uh, got which video I meant. Uh, where they talked about like who had the highest GPA beyond the NBA, and he's he's one of the guys up there. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't consider people with high GPAs all that smart. <laughs> you know that that's just me. But no, like apparently he does. He used to do like a series when he was with the Warriors. It was like parking lot like conversations or something like that, and he would just talk to guys. And apparently he comes off very very smart in those videos. I, I've never bothered watching him, but he seems to be a good speaker and. He's a good vibes guy, like from what I've heard. Like he's never really been an issue in the locker room. Oh yeah. Uh, other things from training camp. Sabonis says his right hand is now fully healed. Apparently, uh, he had been training like the entire off season without like heavy contact to just kind of like protect his uh hand. But apparently, uh, in practice, he's been getting very physical, and yeah, it's fully healed now, according to him. Okay, wait. What what was the injury again? Um, remember how he injured his right hand? Yeah, um, and then he didn't get surgery. Yeah, so I'm I'm guessing it's not some sort of bone injury for the most part. It was a fracture, 
And apparently, like, it was kind of one of those pain management things. Um, he was, I thought he was originally going to get surgery, but apparently they did a treatment plan where, yeah, they basically just didn't let him, like, they, I guess they did some sort of treatment where they, he didn't need to have surgery, and he just let it heal naturally. And he says it's fully healed now, so that's, that's, um, that can only be a good thing. Mm, that's interesting. I mean, I know scientists or doctor to say otherwise, but if he says he's okay, I mean... He's okay. Uh, Sasha apparently has been absolutely amazing in scrimmages. Unfortunately, there's no video to back it up because they don't like they they. He's only done it behind closed doors, essentially. Like when the media gets in, like they they're not like doing shooting drills or anything. But apparently, he broke the record uh, for their for one of their shooting drills where they shoot 150 shots. And I think they said he made 136. For some reason, that number sticks in my mind. I don't know if it's that number, but apparently he already has the record for that drill. Uh, so like a personal Sacramento Kings record, you mean? Something like that. Uh, okay. I mean, that's intriguing for sure. And apparently people are saying like, he, you know, he's not really a rookie. Like Harrison Barnes straight up said that, yeah, he's not a rookie. Like he's going to fit in seamlessly because he's been a pro for so long. So, and apparently even James Ann brought up like Sasha talks like he doesn't talk like a guy who's like really nervous about integrating himself. He's talking like, like how he's actually kind of disappointed how there wasn't a real transition. Oh, really? I mean, Aaron, that's the that was kind of what I that's that's what I took away from what Ham said. Hmm. I mean, every single like conversation he talks about with um reporters or whatnot. I mean, he he talks about wanting to win, and that's I mean that's his mindset. So, I mean, that's pretty interesting <laughs> that he didn't want to. He was uh, expecting something, I guess. Yeah, he. I think he was expecting like just a bit, like a more like t difficult transition but apparently like no it's according to everyone it's apparently been pretty seamless and apparently he's been like keegan said like he was better he was good on defense so i'm interested to see what that looks like like i expect him to be able to shoot and like be able to move off the ball and just fit in seamlessly on the offense the defense is interesting I assume he's going to be at least the decent and good team defender the on ball stuff is probably going to be bad but, like, I, I'm interested to see what his defense looks like. Just, like, if he's going to be in the right spots all the time and just try to make a play. Hmm. I guess we shall see. So, uh, Malik was asked by... I, I forgot who. I felt like it was Sean Cunningham, but it might not have been. But apparently, like, you know, everyone on the Kings is having kids now. And someone asked him if he was going to have a kid soon. And he said he got a new dog. So that, that's new with him. Huh. Oh, what was it? I forgot what breed it was that uh, I saw on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, I've heard. That's pretty cool, I guess. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I've been waiting to get, get a dog. Um, but right now, right now, unfortunately. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, also, apparently. So he made this joke where apparently. So he he's number zero, of course. And uh, JaVale uh, is double zero. And apparently every time. He, He's gonna. I guess he's gonna try and make this a thing. Every time there's an alley oop, it's gonna be ooh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that, that I, I thought that made me chuckle a little bit. Oh, like the commentators will say that, or I guess they'll play something. Maybe just oh. ooh. 
Because kinda you know, like, it's three zeros. Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of like how Malik has the like the, I guess the monk type, the monk chant thing, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> so yeah, that that was kind of some of the observations I had, um, like just watching some of the videos. Um, if you don't have, do you have any other um things you want to talk about during media day that caught your eye from some of the clips that you saw? I don't know. Pretty much, uh, like you said, everyone had such good vibes, especially like in the Instagram, um, I guess shorts. I don't know how Instagram works, but stories. I mean, or stories. Yeah. Like how everyone's just having good vibes and, you know, very positive um, comments. Of course, you know, I don't think anyone would make any negative comments as of right now, but uh i mean yeah it seemed like we're just ready <laughs> to jump back in and see how far we could go yeah again first day first day of school it's all good vibes like everyone is hopeful no games have been played it's just all good vibes right now and you know enjoy it and while it lasts oh yeah uh okay let, i'm gonna move on to so there were two articles that came out there there were more but these were the two i read on the athletic um, Anthony Slater sat down with uh, Harrison Barnes and Hunter Patterson sat down with Trey Lyles. So we'll go through the uh, Barnes article first. So Barnes just talked about like, you know, just be being one of the longest tenured uh, players for the Kings. Apparently, he's actually one of the top players. Like he's one of the longest tenured players that didn't like it, that isn't playing on the team that drafted them. So there's like Chris Middleton. There's um what's another one I, I don't remember all the names but i remember chris middleton was one because you you want to do you remember who drafted chris middleton which team oh god uh i can't no i can't remember it, to it's be detroit Ooh, that was a while ago dear it, god it was it was like a random ass trade if I remember right, it was like a trade for Marcus Morris, or like maybe Marcus Morris was in that trade for some reason. It, it was a, it was a, it was like a literal, it was like literally a salary dump or like a, a throw-in. Like imagine that, like you know, just like the, you being the Pistons, just trading away, you know, an all-star just for no reason, essentially. Granted, no one thought he was going to be that. I, I imagine. Hmm. I see. So like uh, Chris Middleton, like it's apparently ten years with the Bucks now, and like Harrison, I think is approaching six, five or six. I don't remember, but yeah, one of the longest tenure players on a, on a team that did not draft them. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, Barnes in the article he uh, with the with Andy Slater talked about um, comparing the playoffs for the Kings last year to his first year with the Warriors. It, if you didn't know when he was drafted. The Warriors made the playoffs for the first time since the We Believe. Hmm, that's right. Uh, if I remember correctly, I mean, Harrison Barnes kind of had a slump year for his rookie year, right? No, no. So he had a good first year. And then, um, like, second year, they had him come off the bench because that was the year they got Iggy. And that was last Mark Jackson's last year. And he started Iggy over Barnes. And apparently him and Mark Jackson did not get along, um, Harrison. Yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, I guess it's just preference. Yeah. So um, so he likened that he likened um last year to the to the Warriors for his Warriors first year, his first year with the Warriors. 
and that the experience will teach this group what to emphasize more, such as like on, on offense, like getting to your fifth, your sixth options and like stuff that like stuff that Mike Brown preaches a lot, like say boxing out and rebounding, you know, game seven, <laughs> like, like that, that's, that's going to be stuff like, you know, when Mike Brown says it, like in a regular season game in the middle of like, say December, like it's going to have a different like meaning and there's going to be a different emphasis now. Um, and, you know, the message is going to be in a way a lot more clear than it used to, than it used to be like last year. Mm. Ooh, that's interesting. Well, I mean, hopefully it gets us, uh, you know, gets a, yeah, going even more than. Uh, he, so he also talks about uh, a little bit about the game, missing the game winning three in game four. A lot, even after the game, like he actually even t- straight up talked about like, man, that, you know, the, you know, there's going to be jokes about like this in 2016, like just out of nowhere, he just brought 2016. Now, if you don't know what the 2016 joke is, is that he played pretty badly in the finals uh, against the Cavs. And, you know, he, he, he hilariously gets blamed a lot for that series, despite, you know, what a certain dumbass slapping at LeBron's balls and getting suspended. But, you know, like he, he, he gets a lot of the blame for that. And, you know, he even brought that up and he says like, and he, uh, Anthony Slater talked about that with him and, and asked them like, does that actually like kind of haunt you a little bit? And he says, no. Um, and that he's, you know, just ready to move forward. Like you, sometimes you make shots, sometimes you miss shots and, and, you know, hopefully he is ready to just move forward. I mean, pretty much. I mean, the team as a whole, it was just a first year <laughs> thing for, uh, you know, playoffs besides him and Kelly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty that's much. That's basically it. Yeah. And, you know, with a whole new team of, uh, you know, guys that, you know, just acquired that new experience. I mean, I'm just hoping that we could uh, go even further than, <laughs> you know, what we did last year. And last year was just amazing enough to you know play seven games against the Warriors let's move on to Trey Lyles now uh Trey Lyles did an uh interview with the athletics uh Hunter Patterson who's kind of the new Kings beat writer I don't think he's so much a beat writer as more of he just every now he covers the Kings but doesn't cover every single game but he did an interview uh with Trey Lyles and just kind of just a bit of an in-depth of just, you know, what his experiences has been like with the Kings and how, you know, what what it was like, you know, being able to come back um, in the offseason. So apparently, this is the longest he's ever been on one team. Like, do do you want to guess how long, like, what was the longest tenure um, that he had with other teams? Oh, God. I want to say Utah is the second longest, maybe? I think it's all tied. Like it's it's Utah Nuggets Spurs. He and then Detroit. They he was on the all these teams. I think for two years. Oh or, really? Well, the math doesn't add up. It's only his seventh year, but maybe he was he was only there for one year for one of these uh, teams. But basically, he is entering his third, well, two and a half years with the Kings, and that is the longest tenure he's ever been with one team. Hmm. I mean. He, it seems like he's the kind of good guy that kind of wants stability, I guess you could say. Um, let's see. Wow, crap. What was his previous team again? Uh, Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. I and mean, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. I have something about that in a bit. 
Yeah, it feels like every time we saw him in other teams, it felt like I wouldn't want to say he's not the right player for each of those teams, but it just doesn't feel like he's fitted for those teams, I guess you could say. Like the main thing I saw, I remember seeing him against Detroit uh, before he was traded. And I just remember like looking at him, just there's a really good theoretical player there. You know, he's a, he's like a six, nine forward who can shoot and like can play big a little bit. But then I remember watching him in Detroit. He was like airballing threes. And, you know, there was a, there was a joke within uh Pistons Twitter. It was like, you got like, when he got traded to the Kings, like you guys tired of that pump fake yet. And that that was the difference when he came here. Mike Brown said, told him that, you know, our scouting report on you was that you were going to pump fake. Like, what I want you to do is that I want you to just shoot it. Like, don't even think about it and just and just let it go. And that's what he's been doing. Um, you know, he 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 upped his I think he had his career high in uh, both three point attempts and three point makes. And apparently that actually went up in the playoffs as well. And he he credits like that improvement to directly to Mike Brown. And he talks a lot about he really appreciates the the honesty of Mike Brown. Again, telling him that our scouting report on you was that, you know, just don't close out that hard because you are going to pump fake. And, <laughs> you know, and then also but being res- in, a, in a respectful way, like not just straight up like insulting for the sake of insulting him, but like actually wanting him to improve. And, you know. Like during the offseason, he had to, he talked about it like this is the like the closest he he's ever felt to a team, and that he really wanted to come back. And yeah, he get he gets his wish, and you know, like he is a very important role player on this team. Yeah, hopefully for this season we get to see him shoot more threes because I I feel like he deserves an extra. I, I'm two actually ve- I'm actually very skeptical on his threes. His threes, like he shot a good percentage. I think he shot like thir- in the high threes. I want to say like 37 or 39. But honestly, like my biggest issue with this team is that I think they jack too many threes. Like, sure, there a lot of them are open, but like run something before you just throw up a three. Like that, that's just me. Okay. Hmm. It, I, I get I get the idea, but like I don't like it. Yeah, I see what you mean. But I feel like especially you know the bench players it they don't really have much of a i guess system compared to when you have Sabonis or um Fox out on the floor um i mean they just got to oh, do... it's specifically Sabonis because Sabonis is the hub right like mm-hmm. you, you throw into the high post and he the offense runs through him when he's off the floor it's a pick and roll usually yeah so i mean they're kind of limited in that sort of sense so i mean i guess it's understand both that day just chuck a lot of freeze so uh you you might actually get your wish for trade uh pl- shooting more threes because apparently mike brown believes he can play the three four and the five now that is interesting um him playing the three i think he's actually a serviceable in that in that regard i don't know if he can like take some of the quicker threes but like you know the the only thing is that like Brendan Nunes set this line and it's always resonated with me. Positions really only matter on defense. On offense, it's really if you can shoot or not. It is basically kind of the it's basically kind of the uh what's it called? The the uh qualification in a way. Like if you can shoot, you can just about play any position. You can be the five, be the four, be the four, be the three, as long as you're like a certain height. So 
you know, like if his if his three pointer gets even better, yeah, why not let him play the three? He's he's not crazy mobile like for a forward or a wing, but like he's tough. He'll get he'll get really physical, and you know that was like a big word um, during during this entire you know training camp. It's like you know being physical. So I, I think that it's actually somewhat feasible. I guess all I could say is I gotta see it to believe it <laughs> if he could play the three, but for now, I mean. He definitely could play the four, of course, and the five. I mean, we kind of seen it in the Milwaukee game that uh, he could uh, be, you know, a serviceable five. So, I mean, yeah, until until he we see him play the three, I think we'll see more of his game, I feel. Yeah. Um, and apparently Trey Lyles really into self-help books. And, you know, it, I don't want to say it was a running joke or anything, but it was a theme with him where he would always come to each game with like a new book. And it's not like a LeBron James type book where he shows up and, you know, there's a picture of him reading a book. But if you actually look closely, he's always on the first page. That Trey Lyles is not that. Apparently he does actually read these books. And so much so that he's actually planning to start his own his own book club, apparently. And apparently Harrison wants to join. Oh, interesting. Like kind of a private book club, or is he gonna like route out the Sacramento community? Uh who who knows? Uh he didn't they didn't specify, but he does want to start his own book club. And like, yeah, like him and Barnes apparently are really close together. They train at the same uh strength and conditioning center over the summer. And yeah, like he, he's an avid reader and he, he actually even um he actually even credits like you know building his mental fortitude over the years by reading a lot of these books. Mm, okay. Yeah, really interesting, really interesting guy. And a bit, this is not like an act, it wasn't like a real thing last year, too. Mm, I see. And to close it out, um uh, uh to close out training camp, kind of a weird pivot, but I, I mentioned earlier lots of emphasis on physicality. Um and, you know, if, if one thing I remember very fondly from last year's playoffs was how ridiculously physical that that playoff series was and, you know, how amazing that is to see as a Kings fan. Like for for a Kings team that has been labeled soft, like throughout the league for many years to see them to see them play so physical to the point where, you know, J.J. Redick is say is essentially calling the Kings dirty of all like of all things like that was a, that was a turn to say the least. <laughs> uh i mean yeah sure but i mean it'd be interesting how i mean much more i guess physical this team can get um i mean you could only really see it from fox and sabonis i feel but for the rest of the team that'd be pretty interesting to see i my one of my predictions is that i think the offense is going to be really good it's probably going to be a little bit worse than last year, but I think the defense is going to improve to it to a to a pretty big degree, because I think like team is you know they're just more familiar with each other now, and they're more familiar with the schemes. And Mike Brown might be able to start trying some more complicated schemes, and I think I think this team is going to end up. I want look. This is ambitious. I'm going to say top fifteen this year. Ooh. And a lot of it is going to do with their physicality because they've learned what is like what real NBA playoff basketball is like. And again, with that emphasis on certain things that Harrison Barnes mentioned, like there's going to be an attention to detail that we did not see from last year because, you know, it's 
like Mike Brown saying to box out and to be physical and like not and to defend using your chest and stuff like that that means a lot that that has a different meaning and prop and like I assume I'm gonna assume I'm gonna predict that the players know what to do when Mike when Mike says that now mm, it's for me it's still another guy see it to believe it <laughs> type deal because yeah there, there's no way to prove this by not other than by watching games right now yeah because i want to say last year we we're we're pretty hot i mean we were i mean it beat out you know the previous years of course but um i was about to say but yeah i i could see we could be a top 15 if you know all the players get together and you know <laughs> uh pull out these types of schemes i guess yeah, um, but somehow uh, the ESPN, uh, Athletic, just all the national guys are still just going to doubt the Kings. And it is what is, I don't blame them uh, for a lot of these guys for just not really being that optimistic on the Kings. But you know what? The, King, the Kings need do need to earn their reputation. They're on their way to kind of flipping the narrative. But, you know, like there's still a lot more work to do. Yeah, sadly enough. May, I mean, maybe all those national games will uh, come to light to how uh, uh, the Kings are, <laughs> you know, good to them. I, I think because let's be honest, like not every, not everyone pulls up league pass or bothers put up league pass, but like if it's on ESP and it's on TNT, a lot more people are going to watch even like actual writers who cover the NBA for a living. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay, well, that's all I have from just the me- so just uh, media day and training camp, just a kind of assortment of notes. Um, unfortunately, not not the greatest at transitioning there. But um, what about another awkward transition? Um, so around the league, there was some stuff that uh, happened. Uh, one big thing uh, that I thought was very interesting. So you do you know Mr. Beast, right? Yeah, of course. The the, the most the biggest YouTuber like ever. Apparently, he's going to have his logo on the Hornets jersey now. That's pretty pretty incredible. Yeah, that is pretty incredible. I mean, great advertisement for both Hornets and Mr. Beast, uh, I feel. Now, I know we still have dial pad for Sacramento, but can you think of a local spot for, uh, you know, the Kings potentially, you know, to replace the iPad, like how Mr. Beast replaced, uh, I forgot what they replaced, um, the Hornets. Um... Jordan, I don't, I don't know. No, 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 I'm just kidding. But uh, I don't know. I actually, I actually forgot. Let me, let me just look that up right now. Hornets sponsor jersey. Okay, so it's, so it's talking about the festivals. Uh, let me see. SB Nation. Was it Motorola? It might be. It was something interesting. Let's see. That sponsor no. program doesn't. Oh, go, sorry, no. go ahead. But uh, yeah, I'm reading some stuff. I mean, from Motorola to Feastables, that's that's a pretty big jump. I mean, no disrespect to Motorola, but you don't really see too much Motorola products anymore. But I mean, Mr. Beast being Mr. Beast, I mean, it's a pretty big uh i don't i don't know not not attraction but more appeasable type brand i guess he i mean like he has he's so big nowadays he transcends youtube 
Like he has he has transcended into the mainstream. And you know, if it, if it was going to be anyone, it would have been him. It's really cool to see that. But yeah, I just I just thought it was really interesting um, that they're doing they're doing a festivals. I'm, I'm guessing he he's from Charlotte or something. Man, I don't know why he's doing it with that. But also, let's not forget, Michael Jordan just sold the team. There's a new uh, there's a new ownership group that's coming in, and they probably want to, you know, find a lane. And maybe this is kind of the lane that they're taking, like the influencer route. Which I mean is kind of the path I feel for certain um, companies nowadays. Um, but in terms of you know the Hornets team itself, I feel um, yeah. Hopefully they could somehow fix that around. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be first the front office or you know the players itself. And you know if you're a Hornets fan listening to this. How do 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 try to stay optimistic? Look, if the kings can, if the fucking kings can do it, you can do it too. And let's not forget, they had a shit ton of injuries last year. And before that, like you know, granted that was before the Miles Bridges fiasco, but like with the mellow Miles Bridges and like a pr- pretty healthy Gordon Hayward, they were a play-in team. Like they were, pr- they're pretty good. Like you know, forty win. 40-ish wins like they were a decent enough team and they probably can return to that it, it, as long as like that team stays healthy there's there's quite a bit of talent there hmm. well we shall see about that yeah just uh just hope let's just hope uh you know mr beast is not uh sam bankman freed and that ftx fiasco with the miami uh, <laughs> yeah uh okay well this uh, this was a huge story and I mean, I actually, I personally love it, but Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's new emo haircut, like where he essentially came in, like just looking just as, as emo as possible, like very feminine as well. It looked like he was wearing like eyeshadow too. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he got, he got like an eyebrow piercing. He got like the, I call it the Karen haircut. Honestly, it looks like a Karen haircut and just coming in and said, he's feeling emo. And yeah, that took the, uh, that took NBA Twitter by storm right away. I know he, he even kind of played a character during <laughs> his interview with the reporters as well. And I don't know how long he's going to keep this up, but I kind of wish to see it. He on probably the already cut, cut the hair. Like, yeah. no lie. It was just for uh, photos. Yeah. I, I, I still wish it was, uh, <laughs> if he, if he did keep it, I want to see him play on with it. I mean, like, I mean, that'd be annoying because, like, during the thing, he kept having to brush his hair out the way. Like, mm-hmm. so, no, no way he's doing that. But it, but it is going to be really funny, like, if, you know, when you're watching, the, when you're looking up Miami Heat highlights. And that picture is going to pop up, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, this, uh, this was interesting. So, of uh, the first extension, or I think it's the only real extension that's not a max extension that was announced. Um, so Devin Vassell gets five years, $146 million, um, five, five years with the Spurs. And yeah, I just, I just thought it was interesting. It's a lot of money for a player who's good, but it's like, is he that good? Well, with how the money cap is going about nowadays, I feel like in the future, it might be a steal. Maybe it won't, but I mean, out of the whole Spurs organization, I mean, he has 
I want to say one of the better upsides um, if he were to stay in the Spurs. So, I mean, yeah, good for him. So just to give a little comparison, I guess, for just how bloated contracts are and to just, just be expecting these kinds of numbers going forward. De'Aaron Fox signed a five-year $169 million or $162 million contract like just yeah. a few years ago that's how much like the salary has just skyrocketed now it sounds like i steal <laughs> but yeah i mean on the next extension is going to be really nasty oh oh yeah <laughs> but... so, yeah De'Aaron signed a 162 million dollar contract 163 sorry and devin Vassell has a 100 146 million i know it's a 20 i know it's a 20 million dollar difference it's a pretty substantial difference. But Devin Vassell ain't nowhere near Tiara Fox right now. Yeah. I mean, once those extensions roll out for De'Aaron in, you know, the near future, I, I'm expecting double, not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to be here. and We're going to be just, you know, saying shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I, this was just a topic that just kind of came up and I thought was interesting. So we had, so I'm gonna list you. I'm gonna give you two players who had let's let's just say iffy seasons to say the least. DeAndre Aiden or Jordan Poole, and, and Jordan Poole, and you know both of them are now in new situations and both seem very very optimistic to be able to play in their new situation. Uh, DeAndre Aiden said his nickname is Domin Aiden, and Jordan Poole says like I'm gonna be able to play free to play the way I want now, and. Yeah, does that just kind of leaves the question like which who do you think is going to have the bigger bounce back season? And you know, this might be kind of this might be even the same question, but like who do you think will be more impactful as a player? Yeah, in terms of impactful, I, I want to say Aiden, but in terms of taking that next level, I feel like it's pool. I don't know why. I I feel like in terms of pools um, you know, group uh, in the Wizards. I feel like you know Kuzma's going to take most of the shots anyway. And oh no, they're be... going to have a competition. It's going to be gonna... a tough one. It's going to be a tough one. Mm, I I still think Kuzma, as of right now, is the be- quote, quote unquote the better player <laughs> between the two, and Paul will just be the secondary guy. Um, I then again with Aiden, I mean. He he's just a center. <laughs> he's one thousand percent not the not the number one guy. He might actually yeah. be the best player on that team theoretically, but it's a low bar. He's definitely gonna be. I'm hoping better on defense somehow, and in terms of offense, I'm not seeing a much improvement. But overall, from you know losing Nurkic and that's that's about it. I mean. I'm just hoping that as hey, a center, hey, hey, let's not forget a guy named Damian Lillard. They did lose Damian Lillard. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I'm talking about you know the center as of right now. But just for him playing center for the Portland Trailblazers, I feel like hmm, can can could go any any way. I feel it. It's I feel like they're just going to be tanking. Yep, both are kind of tanking players to me. Like, my biggest thing with just the Dame trade is that in a few years, you're going to say Dame, the the big, the best, the franchise is arguably the franchise's best player. 
was traded for, you know, only four picks and I think two swaps and DeAndre Aiden. Like, yeah. I, I'm not a DeAndre Aiden guy. Like, it's, I just don't think, like, he's a fine player, but like, for a guy that just, again, I just think he, CP3 and like Devin Booker and KD, those guys, they put him in the position that he should be in, which is, you know, just catch the ball and dunk and play some defense. This fucker wants to shoot, shoot jump shots. He wants to post up. He wants to do he wants to do some cutesy shit. You know, he wants to do some bullshit. And right now on the Portland Trailblazers, they're gonna they're gonna let him do some bullshit. And I just think it's gonna be really it's gonna look really stupid. It's gonna be a lot of empty calories. And I just I'm not a believer at all. Jordan Poole, I'm a little bit of a believer in just because he he did show that he is like a he can be a very impactful player. Now that he's out of a Golden State, they're definitely not like the shackles are off and he is going to run wild. He's going to do some wild shit and it's probably going to hurt the team a lot, but it is going to create some entertainment and probably going to, you know, put get that get that ball in that bucket quite a bit. But it's going to be a mess, but I'm more than willing I'm more than willing to say like Jordan Poole will probably be more impactful just because he has the ball more and he's probably the better player, honestly, just because he has the ball more. Mm. Oh yeah. I guess we shall see. Yeah. I just thought it was an interesting question, but it's, I'm just, I'm so out on Aiden. Like I, words cannot describe how out, out I am on him. I just think, I just think he's not, he's not that guy, but he, he wants to believe he's that guy. Again, he is, he is Andre Drummond. Like, you know, if, if he, if, you know, if the Suns never traded for uh, Chris Paul, I think he would have gone the Andre Drummond route where he wanted to do all this cutesy shit and it just, it never leads to winning. Well, yeah, like I said, we'll have to see. I mean, if they do let in run, which yeah, like you said, they will, um, maybe he'll prove people wrong, but then again, there's not really Who's the point guard now for Portland? Just... Henderson. Hmm. And they, they still do have Anthony Simons. Um, whatever you want to think of him. Like, I actually think the team is actually a lot, a lot better than people are going to expect because Anthony Simons is good. Scoot Henderson, I think, is going to be amazing. Shane Sharp is going to be entering his second year. They're not going to be like, you know, playoff contenders by any means, but they're gonna they're gonna like they're gonna catch some teams. Who are like, oh, we're gonna play the Portland Trailblazers. They're gonna catch a team or two. Yeah, definitely we'll have to see. Okay, uh, last piece of big NBA news. Joel Embiid, he oh, I, I just lost the word. You know what? He he commits to team USA. I was just gonna say he slapped France in the face or something like that and Cameroon in the face, but no, he he commits to uh team USA. He foregoes representing Team France. He foregoes uh, representing Cameroon, and instead will be joining the U.S. of A. What were your I mean, thoughts when you first heard that? I mean, cool. We have Curry. We have LeBron. We have Durant. <laughs> I mean, we have, and, and we still might not have Embiid. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to play. I'm sorry to say that, but mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that could be true. But I mean, we we have enough. I feel. Or do, just... or do we? Huh? Or do we? You mm-hmm. know, you never know. Like, 
I don't know what it is. Like, I'm so sick and tired of this thing where, like, they need MB to beat these other countries. Oh, really? You need MB to beat Daniel Tice? You need MB to beat fucking Rudy Gobert? <laughs> like, come on. What is this thing about, like, just you need to send the best? Why? Why do you, like, I know you guys keep losing. There's, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, it's embarrassing, like, just how stacked the team is. And I still have no confidence that this team is ever is going to win gold. Like, yeah. something needs to happen with Team USA. Something isn't, isn't clicking. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. Um, but definitely for some reason, any world team that, you know, that we've seen in the past just seems like they play even better <laughs> for their home team rather than, you know, there just isn't enough the nationalism. There just isn't enough love for the US, US of A at, like they have with other countries. Other countries actually fight for their country. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I'll say this. This might be a bit of a hot take, and I don't even really believe in it. But, like, they, Team USA might just be better off, like, getting Kavan Looney on the team. Like, that's, mm. a, that's a guy who knows his role and doesn't need the ball to be effective. Now, now I'm not saying like Embiid needs the ball to be effective. He probably is. He pro- he's probably better than better at those things than uh, Kavan is. But it's like you need like role players and you need some sort of structure. You can't rely on like an Anthony Edwards type to just, you know, go iso ball and then just go, try and go crazy and try and win you the game. That, that shit doesn't work. And then on defense, you need versatility. You need you, you do need size. But at the same time, you need to have a better scheme because it doesn't matter if you have size if Curry is going to end up guarding Valanchunas, for example. Like, that's what happened to Austin Reeves. Like, they, they just hunted him every single time down the floor. And they're going to, like, USA is going to need to be able to fix that unless they, or unless they want to bench Curry, which I don't see happening. Yeah, it's always weird to me that Team USA never thinks about who should you know play what and what position and whether we need this or that or like just I guess planning it just seems like a bunch of I think uh you mentioned like volunteers pretty much just to uh but it's play. not that it's like they need to like get more get better role players like I don't I don't think it's a star power thing like you like you send you send over you send over like the the B C D team that's still miles better than any goddamn country out there, and yet, yet you get your hands is kind of handed to you every single time it seems like. So, it's just one of those things where, like, I think they need to get better role players. Like, you know, there there is a scenario. Like, for example, let's just say, um, they like you might need to keep Dame off the team and instead put on Keegan. Because guess what? You put Dame out there, that's barbecue chicken for just about every single country. <sighs> pretty much <laughs> i mean like, like you, you need you need you need size you need wings you need shooting you need defense and keegan probably fits that bill more than dame does who gives you a lot of shooting but you don't really need his on-ball creation because you got more than enough with lebron curry and those guys out there and if somehow like if you know by some miracle like fox makes it you have more than enough like you have just so much on-ball creation that you don't need a guy like dame yeah, I mean, Team USA probably won't ever change unless they somehow see some open light <laughs> that says otherwise. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is as of right now. 
Yeah, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, MB joins the Team USA roster. Hope he is actually healthy enough to play for Team USA because every single playoffs he gets hurt. Mm, oh yeah. All right. Well, that's that, that does it for the basketball news. Let's talk about some wrestling news. Uh, I'm not. We're not going to talk about Fastlane all that much. It was a bit of a nothing show. Jay Cargill um debuted, which. She is just so she is she is so ripped. It's crazy. <laughs> like, goddamn them apps. Although I will say, way more people talking about her than I've ever seen before. And I feel like a lot of those people who, t- who are talking about her, more or less for more than likely from the WWE side who don't watch AEW, not as good of a wrestler. <laughs> like, be ready for some growing pains with Jay Cargill. I'll just say that. She's good. But like she is still very, very new to this, and like it just don't expect her to be Bianca right out the gate. Yeah, I mean we'll have to see. I feel like it gives the women's wrestling uh, side of things uh, more light, at least. Um, did they even say which uh, if she's going to be on SmackDown on Raw though? She did. It did not. There's even rumors she might actually be going to NXT because oh. she she needs seasoning. Like she's not really at that at that level yet, unless you would like really, really protect her with some great workers. Because right now, as it stands right now, she's probably not at that level. And you know, be, be ready, WWE fans. Well, hopefully uh, NXT treats her well because I mean, with what NXT is going to be for, I, I want to say next week. It somehow is just. It just has yeah, changed that's, so, so they much. have So they have John Cena, they have The Undertaker, they have Becky Lynch. I think they have another person. They couldn't get Roman Reigns, unfortunately, but <laughs> they, they did get quite a few people. And do you know the reason why? Uh, why is that? Dynamite's going to be... So because of uh, the MLB playoffs, Dynamite is going to be moved to Tuesday. And apparently, I think that's going to be Edge's first uh, match with AEW. So they want to do some counter-programming. So that's why they announced John Cena. They announced The Undertaker. And uh, I forgot the third one, but like Becky Lynch is going to be on there. Like They're trying oh. to do some counter-programming and then they can throw out the headline, NXT beats Dynamite on, oh. Tuesday, on Tuesday, which isn't even Dynamite slot. But it, it, you know what? It, it's pettiness at its finest. It, it's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, that's how WWE is. Okay, let's move on to the big news. So there have been rumors, and it's so much, it's so strong to the point that Wrestling Observer Live is now talking about it. Uh, Fightful is talking about it. But CM Punk wants to go back to WWE and is actually in talks about about doing that. However, uh, according to uh, well, that that was according to Wrestling Observer, but according to Sean Ross Sapp for a fightful, fences would need to be mended with a lot of people, particularly with Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and of course Triple H. <laughs> so, so it, it's an interesting headline. It is a very interesting turn of events, to say the least. Um, do you think? They, do you think WWE brings back Punk? That's that's tough. I would say, I mean, before I would say no, but since they're into talks, it might be even more possible. Now, God, 
in terms of programming, would you want to bring him in sooner or later? I mean, you, I mean, you got to do Survivor Series, right? Yeah. But, but like, a lot. I look. I'm not a. I'm not the biggest CM Punk guy. Like, even when he returned, I, I remember saying, like, you know, the return is great, but like, there's not anyone I want to see him wrestle because I, I just, I wasn't that kind of Punk fan. He was definitely, he's definitely a star. Like, there's no doubt about that. He brings in tickets, but it. I kind of see him almost like a Goldberg type where like he he's of a bygone era where, you know, the, the kind of stuff that he he's really amazing at the wrestling that he does. Well, there are just guys who are better than him at, at it at this point. Like they're just way better than him in, in ring wise on the mic. He's still really, really good. And there's like a lot of storylines you can do, but once that bell rings, I lose interest. I'm not a punk guy in the <laughs> ring. It's the thing. Yeah, and I know he's been doing good work since he's gone back to AEW, but like he's never interested me in the ring. He's just not that kind of guy to me. Yeah, it's tough. Like I would not want to see him in the bigger picture, in my opinion. <laughs> like any heavyweight or you know world championships. You can you can do the heavyweight with Seth, whatever the hell you want to do with that, because that title yeah. is so dark far down the drain now. Especially with this weird Shinsuke feud. Sure, you can do something with that, but he he should not be anywhere near Roman. Because and no, he should not dethrone Roman. Man's like 46 and like keeps getting injured. Like no, don't do that. But yeah. like it's like, yeah, he's a he's a return, and apparently he he's just a bit of a pain in the ass to deal with backstage. And like it's pretty clear at this point, he's not he's kind of not worth it, especially if you're WWE who you don't need who don't need him at all pretty much like if you were to put him on any match in WWE right now i can't tell you who i would want to put cm punk on especially if it were to be a belt um i wouldn't want him there on were the people US talking about like international. So, sorry sorry to cut you off but like a lot of people were talking about involving him with roman and i'm just no 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 Unless he somehow brings back the Nexus or his uh, old factions, maybe. But that's a huge buildup that you have to do before that even happens. But even, but even then, I'm not that interested in it. Like Nexus, the, the way I remember the Nexus was when it was led by Wade Barrett. The one yeah. led by CM Punk was pretty trash. You know, that, yeah. that, that you had, you know, rest in peace. You had pre-Bray Wyatt, Husky Harris. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it wasn't like that group. Um, but it's I look, you look. CM Punk will will like get you a lot of merch. He is actually a needle mover. I think at, at, even at this point. And boy, would you stick it to AEW? Would that be a way to stick it to AEW? But ultimately, I personally don't think he's worth the trouble. Like at a certain point, where you're just when you've wronged that many people, maybe the problem is you, and you you gotta let a guy know that the guy's gotta have a come to Jesus moment. I think. And, and like that's before even talking about like he he was always known as the voice of the voiceless the the biggest anti WWE guy. Mm. Him going back to WWE is the biggest like one one eighty of that yeah. of that character. Yeah, biggest hypocritical thing that he would ever do. But uh, I mean, can can he just be a mic guy? I mean, that's the best I could put him in. Well, the thing is, like, you know, he's going to go on TV. So sorry to keep cutting you off. He's going to go on TV. 
And he's gonna and he's gonna like say, oh look, my segments draw the most people. I should have a bigger spot. And then again, he starts to become a pain in the ass in that way. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, before before we go in further, look, I'm I'm very negative on the CM Punk thing. I know he was a very good soldier for a while, but like it it, I, it just seems like he wants to be a top guy. And like if anyone kind of just irks him the wrong way it becomes a problem and it just becomes toxic like if look if no one crosses path he could be a very good soldier and he could just kind of you know ride off into the sunset with wwe but like you know just from recent from recent events like he couldn't help himself yeah i mean we'll have to see how this goes about because i mean yeah that's pretty much it uh, last piece of random news. Uh, so Fastlane was in Indianapolis today, you know, where Tyrese is playing. Apparently he did not travel with the team who's playing. I don't even know where tomorrow, but he did not travel with the team so that he could stay back and watch Fastlane. What a hero. <laughs> I mean, cool. Uh, I mean, he's game paid the most. I, arguably, well, he is the best player in that team. So, I mean, why not? <laughs> I guess. Treat you know, himself. You know what? I would do the exact same thing he, he would do. I don't. I don't know if they showed him. They they showed the uh, Hoosiers, you know, basketball team. Uh, but I don't remember they, if they showed him on camera. But yeah, I, like I, I love Tyrese. You know, I know he's not here anymore, but that man, that he's a man of the people. All right. Well, that's gonna do it uh, for our episode. Or at least what's on this notes uh, Google Doc that I have all my notes on. Anything else you want to quickly talk about? Well, can't wait for the game tomorrow. Well, preseason which, game. Which one? Which one, though? <laughs> yeah, I know. The preseason game for the Kings. Yeah. Well, and I'm also excited for the Niners going against the boys. Yeah, please don't lose to the boys. It seems very annoying when they win. Well... Too bad there's no undisputed with Shannon Sharp because that'd be a pretty funny episode on Monday. Yeah, well, it'll be Richard Sherman instead, <laughs> and a, a series of other guys with Skip Bayless and just saying nonsense. But man, Richard Sherman got some. Uh, he's he's got some pretty bad basketball takes. So I'll, I'll just say that I've seen some clips. I'm just he's wilding a little bit. Yeah, I mean, gotta stick with football for him. I feel not. I mean, it's tough to follow two sports, I feel, in some sort of sense. Two sports? Like, they can barely follow one a lot of the time. It's like, yeah. it, it, look, it, like, I just, uh, well, we had a, a conversation a little bit off air, but it's like, it's basically impossible, like, to be a national guy and actually, like, cover and know about every single team in detail. It's impossible, just, like, for one sport. And, you know, it's it's impossible to do it, like, for, you know, for like what's skip bayless Stephen a that's why they end up having like such ridiculous takes and i i guess credit to them they never back down from them it's just but like yeah it's it's basically impossible well it's all for the entertainment for them to be honest when it comes to these uh wild takes and that's why like that's what people should take to take from these because i i love kendrick perkins now because it's it, he, what he says if you don't take it seriously is the funniest shit ever like it, look I, I don't smoke weed or anything but like if i want to just die laughing i would just smoke some weed and just read 
read or watch Kendrick Perkins just say and just type stuff. It's it is the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. Um. So let's see. One thing I got. So I did beat uh, Halo Infinite. Um. Good. Good game. I I would actually recommend it to other people. I don't know about recommending sixty dollars, but like if it's on sale, definitely get definitely get the uh, story campaign. Although I would be skeptical if there's going to be any more updates for the campaign because. 343 is a bit of a mess, uh, but really interesting game. I thought it was a really fun game. I really enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I guess to spoil the campaign in some sort of sense, um, was there anything quite huge happen with Master Chief uh, towards the end? Or do you think this is just going to be it for you know the series? Um, this shouldn't be it if 343 can get their shit together. It ends, I don't even know if it ends in a bit of a cliffhanger, but no, Master Chief is definitely ready for Halo 7, if that's the case. Jesus, okay. (laughs) I mean, that's crazy from, geez, what, early 2000s to now, still have Halo. Yeah, I mean, they, they really did try something different. Like, it's not for everyone. Like they basically turned it into a like an open world game, um. You know, if it's if you don't like that kind of game, if you don't like that kind of game, it's not for you. I understand, but I enjoyed it. It's basically just Halo in an open world setting. Yeah, I remember we played the multiplayer side of things before. You know, the campaign came out, and it's it's changed a lot. I mean, we we used to play a lot of Reach, but playing Halo Infinite multiplayer, it's like a whole nutter uh i guess monster in a way it's it, it was done under a, a different engine they apparently uh they apparently like switched to another engine and you know it, it's depending on who you talk to it, it has worked or it hasn't worked but it is still very much halo yeah and so in that sort of sense yeah so yeah that that's a uh, one thing that's one thing i've been i've been doing Look, I don't know. I really do want to do this at some point. I think I'm going to get a tattoo of that of that uh, little basketball thing from uh, NBA Paint. Oh my gosh! R- regardless of the 50 wins, regardless of the 50 wins, I think I'm going to do it before uh, the season starts. We'll we'll see. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it soon. Maybe in the next, maybe in the coming weeks. But I really do want to do it. Wow, really? Within the coming weeks? Yeah. We'll we'll, Re- we'll see. We'll see. I need a I need a carve out time for it, but uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah, not not just time. I I think you should uh, figure out which uh, shop you want to do it too. It's a pretty it's it's a pretty basic tattoo. I think I I don't think it matters that much. Like sure, if it's like really complex and a big tattoo, sure, but it's a pretty small one. So, mm, I see. So have you decided on which part of your body you're gonna put it on? We'll see. I think I already have one nailed down. Okay. But, can uh, I make Can I make a guess? uh probably not now maybe maybe some maybe a late, later but uh, okay <laughs> later on uh, but yeah that's a uh, that's something i've been doing uh other than that i mean I'm, I'm i guess i'm starting up cyberpunk again i don't i don't know if i'm really gonna play it but we'll, we'll see it, it was pretty fun when i got back into it yeah definitely when i started back up um a lot smoother a lot cleaner crisper than you know the first time uh you know it came out what two years ago yeah um like it's unfortunately it's like that with just about every game like just be very smart about what game you're gonna buy on launch because it's a clusterfuck always to start oh yeah um but for me 
in terms of the progression, I, I did have to start over or I, I wanted to start over personally, because I don't know if you remember, uh, my previous playthrough was, I wouldn't say corrupted in some ways, but it was glitched to the point where I couldn't progress because of a certain update. So I kind of left it from there, but you know, now I'm just trying to build my way back up to where that point was. Yeah. Apparently I have four hours in the game. I had no clue. Really? <laughs> like I, apparently I play four hours. And I, I played almost more than double than you did at the time, I guess. I didn't realize I played it that much. It was my thing. But uh, I'm operating a lot of Cam Reddish slander right now. They just had their preseason game. Apparently Cam Reddish was really bad. Christian Wood was really bad, too, apparently. Mm, I mean, it's preseason uh, when they have more games under their regimen. Uh, hopefully things will change, but who knows like i just uh, he's always been the like a guy that every team should take a chance on and at a certain point he's been given enough chances i think i just don't think he's good he's not a good nba player like he's a, probably an incredible pickup player but nba player i don't know man yeah i guess we shall see okay uh anything else uh you want to talk about or should we just call this an episode I think we could call it there. All right. Well, if you have nothing else, then let's indeed call an episode. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys back hopefully um after hopefully on Monday. Uh, we'll, we'll see if the schedules work out, but it won't be an episode tomorrow after the game, unfortunately. But should be one on Monday. Oh yeah. Well, we'll see you guys later.